Yes, this is Ruckus Man, and you are listening to Codename Agents of Chaos. Yes, we all know that we all have some special giveaways to give out with y'all today. So, listen, our giveaways are from our sponsors. We have Mask World in New Providence. Their number is 810-6050. NetVision, where you can get your tents professionally installed. Their number is 434-1157. Smooth Cuts Barbershop Nails and Beauty Salon. They're on Market Street and Bahama Avenue. You can ask for Berto. His number is 556-2501. That's 556-2501. And all the way in Rock Sound, Eleuthera, we have Rock Sound Beverages. They are located in the Brian Major Place on High School Corner. You can call them at 376-1454. They do free delivery or curbside pickup. They also accept Visa and MasterCard. That's Rock Sound Beverages in the Brian Major Place on High School Corner, 376-1454. They do free delivery and curbside pickup. Now, in order to take advantage of our special giveaways, you have to do some very simple steps. First, we need you to like us on all of our social media platforms. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Codename AOC. That's at C-O-D-E-N-A-M-E. AOC, all one word, at codename AOC on all of our social media. Second, you can DM or private message us and let us know who was the first celebrity guest we had on Codename Agents of Chaos. Once you give us the correct answer, we will give you a special code word that you must say to our sponsors in order to receive your free giveaway. It is that simple. It is that easy. Get to liking, get to sharing, get to figuring out who was our first celebrity guest. That should not be difficult at all. Now, some basic rules. You must be 18 or older to participate in this giveaway, and you must have a valid form of government ID in order to make your claim. Other rules and restrictions do apply. Get to liking, get to sharing, and good luck to all of you. Good afternoon, everybody. What's going on, y'all? What's going on? Y'all know me? Yes, this is Ruckus Man, and this is Codename Agents of Chaos. I believe this is episode five, episode six. I can't remember. Uh, sue me, man, damn it. Sue me, sue me. I can't, I, can't, I can't remember. I can't remember. Leave me alone, God damn it. Leave me alone. So I want to take this opportunity to thank everybody that's listened to the uh, continue to listen to the second season of Codename Agents of Chaos. Our last episode, Mental Health Struggles and Stigmas Within the Bahamas, has reached new heights. Even I wasn't expecting the amount of people to stop me and say, hey, but that, that, was, that show was timely. As one of my brethren all the way in Colorado said, but you're all timely as fuck. I was like, yes, my nigga. <laughs> I want to say a special shout out to my brethren, Santerio Johnson, who has been giving his support to Codename Agents of Chaos. My brother, it's been a pleasure uh, producing these ep- episodes so they could help you and help your family. Please pass on my thanks to your immediate family for listening and enjoying the content. I want to thank all the other agents out there 
who have been downloading, sharing, and listening, and you know, benefiting from the content because that's what this is all about. We want to also thank uh, Chemist Digital, Chemist.net, Genius Radio for continuing to support Codename Agents of Chaos. Shout out to Brother Kenneth Monka. We want to also shout out Broadupsy242 and Mr. Rashad Penn, photographer extraordinaire, and his crew for continuing to support Codename Agents of Chaos. You can find us on our website. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Or you could just search us in the Google, uh, the Google bar on your browser of choice. I'm sure you're going to find us at Codename Agents of Chaos. Today... This is a bit of a solo mission, so uh, we'll be hearing from Agent Duane Shante and Agent Lord Leonard on the next episode, so we'll look out for that. Also, stay tuned because we are codenamed Agents of Chaos. We have a giveaway that we have been doing, so listen out to hear how you can take advantage of our, of our giveaway. We want to take the time out to thank our sponsors for our giveaway. Listen out for who exactly they are later on in the show. Now that we've gotten all of that out of the way. Today, with us, all the way from the island of New Providence, we have with us Brother LJW, founder and creator of the Original People's Network. So let's snap it up for the brethren. Yes, yes, my brother. Say hi to the people for me, sir. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. You know, hold on, should I give my intro? Right here. Can I can I can go, I go for it? Yeah man, go for it. So you know you know it is, it's you know, the Saint the Negus of Nassau, Saint Anton Alexander, Lord Jalen Willard himself. And thank you, Ruckus, for you know, inviting me on the show. My you know, I always love, you know, coming on different people's platforms, seeing how it is. I don't know, I always like to stick to mine particularly, but <laughs> I love, you know, indulging into intelligent conversations about timely issues. Well, I, I appreciate you taking the time out to pair with us here on Agents of Chaos, my brother. So, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you is, who your peoples is, where you come from, where you been, who you is, brah. All right. <laughs> so, how I start with this? So, well, I'm going to give away my government name, but if you know, um, so I'm Laura Jalen Willard, um, filmmaker. Well, actually, I work at, uh, well, I'm originally from the island of Providence, Nassau, Bahamas. Shout out to New Providence. Stapling Gardens. Gardens. Yes. (laughs) So, you know, um, I didn't think I need to go. So, yeah, I lived in in, in Atlanta, Georgia for half a decade. Okay. We came back home in 2017, you know, and started wreaking havoc on the Bahamian scene. First... Where you know, Chosen View, then the Junkman trademark, and then the original people network, which hosts um my podcast, Everything Cool, along with my other podcast with Mother Sick and a host of different things. Um I don't know where else to go. I could say <laughs> feel like we could be here all night if I could start going. What I done. Okay, so I'm a filmmaker. I was just about to say, like we get we can get into the filmmaking thing because I'm a filmmaker myself, so that's yeah. kind of something else we got in common. Yeah. Tell us about that. How you got yeah, into of that? Course. All right, so I started when I was 15, 16 with my first show, my first show on web on Facebook. 
Okay. Um, it was called the Royal Lion Show back in the day. Mm-hmm. Then I stopped that when I went to, uh, I went to film school. Like I went to the Art Institute of Atlanta. All right, all right. Got my bachelor's degree. Um, you know, so the tricky thing with that was, you know, when you do something like that or go to a school like that, you're not thinking about come returning back to the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, I had to. But, you know, it was fortunate enough because, like, you know, when I came back home, I got I was able to work at, you know, advertising agency where I had a lot of high end um, corporate Bahamian, corporate Bahamas okay. companies. So, you know, I was able to, you know, almost do the things that they would do in the States where, you know, if I tell you about certain things, you'd be like, but Bahamians did them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um. Fast forward from 2017 to up until late last year, I was, you know, really heavily a part of, you know, I don't know if you've seen the Collect Who Are We documentary. Yes, I have. So you you were so, you were you, know, I, you were involved with I that. I was or? involved with that. All right, excellent. Yes. Excellent, excellent. So, That's like, a damn good my brother. Yeah, thank you. So, you know, you know, I help with a lot of the pre production coordination as well as, you know, some of the bureau that was captured in that film. Um, okay. So it's great with that. Also, I don't know if you ever heard, You have you seen the TV show on our TV called Where in the World's Wally? Yes, Where in the World's Wally, yes. that's That would be... Uh, from the, uh, that's that uh, Travolta Cooper? Yes. Okay. So I'm the editor on that show. All right, all right. More good stuff, my brother. So like, yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, and then there's other projects, you know, I have in the works. Um... And, you know, unfortunately, 2020 came, so a lot of that stuff got halted. But mm. as soon as we get an opportunity to sort of, you know, catch yourself and regroup and re-strategize, mm-hmm. um, we're coming back with those. So, yep. like, you know, I'm a producer, writer, editor primarily. Okay. Um, that's my three specialties. Okay. So um, even, like, small scale, I've been able to work on a lot of clicks campaign from you know, let's celebrate. I don't know if you saw it when they had, I think, their 30th year. Yes, I saw that. So a lot of those videos, especially, so one that I really take pride in is Let's Celebrate Jungle, which came out the end of 2018. You okay. know, I shot most of that, um, produced it, put it together, and, like, you know, whatever I didn't, like, shoot, produce, and edit myself, I had some editing credit on most of those videos that came out for that campaign. Um, the plastic barn with uh, the Ministry of um, Environment and Health. No, how is it? Is it? I think MOH, Environment and Health or Environment and Housing. Yeah, yeah, Environment and Housing, yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, with that, I was, you know, instrumental with that, you know, helping to produce a lot of the content for that. Um, Atlantis, Bahamas, when, you know, they was doing a lot of social media producing i produce a lot of um content for that so you know i've been able to like you know i didn't have the typical behavior story to where i came and couldn't really use my degree mm-hmm. i had the you know i was blessed with the opportunity to work on these big time campaigns okay. and clients and then the, the list goes on all right um, so, so now, as, a, the, as a filmmaker so i gotta ask from one filmmaker um, to the other What's your camera preference, yeah. my brother? All right. So I love Canons. 
My nigga. Like, you know, right now. Um, My nigga. Yeah. So like right now, right now, because it's like, you know, I want to upgrade. I was supposed to upgrade cameras. So I was thinking about getting either. Well, I was going to get another Canon camera because I have a T7i. I okay. probably wanted to get like a 5D Mark IV. Okay. Or I was thinking about getting a C200 or C300. Mm, okay. Um, but I was going to get a Panasonic Lumix GH5S uh, S1. Okay, okay. It's like, you know, they give great quality, mm-hmm. but they're not expensive. You know, people was telling me about the Z-Cam too, as well as like, you know, the Blackmagic Pocket 6K camera. Well, that's, um, that's personally what you know, I use. Okay. So. Yeah, so like a lot of people are saying, but I my pet peeve with the Z-Cam and, and uh, Blackmagic is that you got to put too much things on them. Like, you got to buy the body, mm-hmm. then you buy the lens, and mm-hmm. then you have to buy the battery pack, get the monitor, get this, get that. So you basically, have to, you're just paying for the body, and then you have to rig up all the other parts. And it's like, bro, like, yeah, but then it's like, you know, it's almost like you have to buy a book because everybody was like, bro, you should you might as well get a Z-Cam, or you might as well just get it in a Blackmagic pocket. And mm-hmm. then, you know, in a in a... In a Perfect world, I would want a red. <laughs> like, you know, exactly or, how or, much? Exactly how much of your blood do you plan on selling, sir? <laughs> or your uh, 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 XD uh, Mark, yeah, Canon XD one. You know them big sports boys. Like yeah. they, like oh, okay. Body, is like five, so, so you're gonna five, be so you so you're gonna be selling like a, like a like a kidney or a lung. And then a key, yeah. co- then a key of cocaine, <laughs> you know, possibly, yeah, possibly yeah, your like, mummy, things like that. Yeah, that's what you gotta have to sell because them <laughs> things. People often think, yeah, like let, let's just hop on to the whole filmmaking standpoint. I love talking about this, right? Yeah. When you have clients mm-hmm. and they try to lowball you for your price, it's like, bro, these things expensive. Exactly. I always say, like. Buying cameras is like buying guns. Exactly. Like, okay, like if you buy a regular gun, you need that. Okay, like for a low end camera, just with a body alone, it's like five, six hundred. Yep. And then a lens could be a cheap lens, it's like three hundred dollars. And that, now and when that's, that's seeing, a cheap lens. That's a cheap lens mm-hmm. or whatever. Like a one lens could be fifteen hundred. Yeah. One lens is rent nor car money. Big a man, my, my my Tokina, <laughs> my my Tokina cinema lens that cost me thirty two hundred dollars, my brother. Wow! Think about that. And and see, yeah. I I going through a situation now where two people are trying to get me to oh. do videos for them, right? And yeah. I'm sure you've experienced this too, because we you you just mentioned lowballing. Like you can't come at me with three hundred dollars, four hundred dollars, six hundred dollars. Yeah. Am I supposed to jump? Yeah, we had Dorian and the COVID and all that shit. Yeah, I get that. But big man, it yeah. don't work like that. I ain't desperate. Yeah. You see what I said? And then think about it. Is, yeah, and what I always say is like, you know, um, especially if I would say this, if whenever I spent a lot of money for equipment, mm-hmm. you're going to get the price for me to bring this equipment out. Exactly. So if you want, a six hundred dollar price. I'm gonna give you use a six uh, camera. We're gonna mount to that price. Exactly. So I might not use the thirty two hundred dollar lens and the six grand <laughs> no, body. No, I might use the little eight hundred and things like that because that can help me. Yeah, like you know, you get a next one. 
The bed, or right? whatever. So, you know, so it's like, you know, I think that's the fight and getting people to understand work and quality. But it's like, you know, um, t- t- I found ways to... Go ahead. No, t- t- tell me if you heard this one. Um, again, no. one of these two people trying to get me to do a video for them. You know, when you quote yeah. them a price and they realize, well, hold on, you know, now nah, they they trying to discredit you now. The boy can jump up and tell mm. me, well, you know, I read reports and I've seen videos where I can shoot this commercial with my iPhone 12 and it's just as good as your black magic or the red cameras. I was like, nigga, let me explain something to you. First off, fuck you. (laughs) Okay. Secondly, (laughs) secondly, right? If you can tell me shooting an entire TV commercial or infomercial with your Little piece of jokey iPhone 12 is just as comparable as me shooting with my black magic or a red camera. You know what that's like saying? That's like saying, uh, hey, guy, listen, I don't need to come to your particular uh, exercise establishment. All I have to do is download the app and watch YouTube. Yeah, and, I, and there, there are a lot of exercise yeah. videos on there, so why do I have to come down to your exercise establishment? You know, then he, then, then, then he had the nerve to get offended. It's like, well, don't, don't fucking discredit what I do because you can't afford my price. You see what I'm saying? You, you dealing with 26 years of film experience here, my brother. You can't discredit that with an iPhone. I'm sorry. Like, and even if you can do that, do you know what other additional mm. equipment you need to make your iPhone footage look, iPhone? look look cinematic? Do you know that? No, I do. Do you know so what kind of... You have to need the lens. You can need the, the lenses. All that shit. Light. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know what it is with Bahamians, but they always feel... I can tell you what it is. Go ahead. What is it? So when I when when it comes in situations like that, mm-hmm. I don't even run on with people, you know. I just, just be like, yo, I did this. Exactly. Show them my credit. Mm-hmm. And then the conversation is well, okay, I can get back to because it. like it's like, bro, I'm not in the business of trying to prove myself worthy. No. I've already done enough proving. Yep. Or whatever. Yep. This is my price. I've done this at an elite level. Yes. Take it or leave it. Yes. Now, if you don't go with it, it is what it is. Exactly. Or whatever. At least, you know, and even, okay, let's, rev- I'll give you a perfect example how committed I am with this, right? I don't know if you ever heard of Jiggy Productions. No, I haven't. Or seen any. All right. So Jiggy Productions is another production company in Nassau. Mm-hmm. Um, the founder is one of my good friends in my school. Okay. He has a red. All right. Right. Shout out to Jiggy Productions. Shout out, Kyle. So, a lot of times people be like, yo, why you and him never really worked together? I'm like, I mean, in some ways we've had because he shot the Who Are We documentary. Okay. Or whatever. He was the cinematographer on that. Okay. But for my personal projects, I can't find it within myself to ask that man to use his equipment Mm -hmm. without me having the funds to fully pay him. What it would 
you know, how much it wor- it's worth his time exactly. to, you know, shoot this project. Exactly. Or whatever. I'm not going to, as a businessman, I'm not going to ask a friend. I don't care if we boys. I ain't going to tell you to lowball your prices either. I can pay you at your price mm-hmm. or not use you. Exactly. I'm going to respect you or whatever. I'm going to pay you if that's your price. Don't bring it down for me. I'm gonna, let me let me get to a point to where I can pay you your price. Exactly. Because I feel good about that or whatever versus, bro, yeah, you know, work. No, no, no. no. no I no. want to pay you at a different price. So that principle I take with everybody, like, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be like different brands, no matter if they behave or whatnot, if that's your price, I can pay you what your price is. Exactly. How, how far we go back or whatever, like, you know, same instance with my with my best friend, she has a clothing line and she was selling fedoras and the fedora was mostly like 50 something dollars. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's the price. I paid the full price. I ain't asked, man, you can't, no, no, no. no, no. That's what I'm going to cost. All right. Meet me, uh, I give you the money. All right. Ain't nothing. Nothing more, nothing less. You so now you can never say, "Oh, well, Justin, well, Lord, Justin, try to do this or mm-hmm. ask me to lower the price." No, I paid the full price, like I'm accustomed. Exactly. So we have to get in that mindset, no matter if we know the person or not. Mm-hmm. That's their price. That's their price. Exactly. You can't tell nobody to change their price. Now, if you think their work is inferior or doesn't live up to the price and point just move on go find somebody else and 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 even with that right i find that I, especially in the in the creative space that happens a lot because you know people yeah, all across the board people always yeah. come to you uh ruckus how much you charge to do a commercial i give them a price man all of that man my boy say he could do it for three hundred dollars then what the fuck you come to oh. me for <laughs> Would you ask me for? I'll tell you this too, right? One of the reasons Uh why I personally don't like doing the work for anybody trying to lowball you, because, bro. They're going to ask for a lot. Man, they trying to get blood out of a stone. You already coming to me with $300, right? To do whatever, Uh right? A music video or something. And then... Uh You're going to want to talk to me like a piece of shit. You're going to want to show off in front of your, 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 your crew and everything like you were some kind of big boss. And then at the end of the day, when I step to you and be like, bro, hold on. No, it don't go like that, big man. You can turn around and tell me, man, but if, if you didn't want to do it, you didn't have to do it, but you don't take my money. See, uh-huh. see, then I got to punch you in your face with your money and tell you, guy, you stink fucking cunny because I ain't into that shit. You see what I say? So to avoid all that, avoid yeah. all that, bro, my price is nah. X, Y, and Z. If you can't X. handle it, move on. Just like you said. Yeah. You know, and then me and my boy, um, my coworker, like, we talk about this all the time. You know, people trying to low ball. Mm-hmm. They know someone could do it for less, but it's like, um, we have worked our way up to where we like this. Exactly. So we ain't trying to go for the chicken feed. And it always brings me back to a Magic Johnson quote. When he was, he had an interview with um, Maverick Carter, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And Maverick, uh, he told Maverick Strip, he's like, yo, I ain't going for 10 $1 million deals. You know? mm-hmm. I trying to get me the one deal worth $10 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I passed that thing. Exactly. I passed that thing. So if you ain't talking... But one deal is ten million or up. Like I don't care if you bring me ten deals with one million. Like no, 
<laughs> like it's, it's this not, is how much I'm worth. It's not worth I your time. It's not worth yeah. your time. It's not worth the energy. It's not worth your expertise. It's not worth the headache. It's not worth the stress. Because at the end of yeah. the day, you you're gonna end up with a product you are not proud to put attach your name to. And yep. once it gets out, you have no control over that. So people are going to look and be like, the damn Lord J did that. The damn Ruckus did that. But yeah, I know if I'm, oh, I can't fuck with these niggas. You know? Yeah. So, you know, but like, you know, like I always say, it's always ways. Okay, let's say, for instance, but I'm going to bring another element to it. Right? Okay. So let's say if the person can only afford that low ball price, right? Mm Because I always see there's always opportunity other than money. Mm -hmm. And that's how, like, you know, that's how I think. So let's say you're going to need to pay me, you know, a slither price, but you can provide other essential elements for me Mm -hmm. or other opportunities. So let's say, you know, maybe if I do this for you because of your platform, I'll be able to capture this audience or because if I do this for you, you have another play for me. So doing this for you could get me a next check mm-hmm. or like, you know, get me another favor. So I always look at it like this, like so if doing a job, I, how much I look at two things, how much does it pay and how much value does it bring me? Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, okay, if you okay, you ain't willing to pay me a price. Okay, give me a deal that I can't refuse. Now exactly. you might say, right? I, I let's say me doing this shoot is let's say it's a grind, right? Mm-hmm. But you only can give me seven fifty. Mm-hmm. But then with that seven fifty, you like, bro, yeah, I get you to shoot this wedding, and this wedding were too grind mm-hmm. because I know a person through the referral. You might settle. You might give the person a break, especially if you're really good with them. Mm-hmm. All right, I ain't minding the 750 because you just hooked me up with something I didn't get myself. Okay. So it's ways to negotiate certain things. But mm-hmm. if no one is bringing that, and I don't see how it could, the value it could bring, it's be like, you know, I, get, I really ain't want to touch it. But, you know, it I, get, I, get, it I can tell you what else isn't, a, isn't much of an incentive anymore. And I'm sure you've heard this. Roman, mm. I could give you all kind of exposure. Really, motherfucker? Nah, I don't need it. <laughs> no, because guess what? No, no. As 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 full of shit as BPL can get, I can't pay the mm. bill with exposure. I'm sorry, I can't do that. Even if I'm hungry, I can't go to Bamboo Shock with exposure. <clears throat> so, Indeed. like, come on, man. You know, I, like, I, go ahead. I, I, Exposure is just a buzzword. That's all it is. Like, you say you say an exposure, okay, so people can see me, but then it's like, okay, if you say an exposure, how I know definitely you want to, let's say because oftentimes we do this to Bahamian musical artists. Yes. Right? Where they'll do, let's say, a show or a birthday party or a concert, and the promoter wouldn't pay them and say, oh, you doing it, you could get exposure. But it's like, okay, if they are open they are if they are an opening act for like an international artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, well let me not say international artist. Uh, artist that is non Bohemian. Mm-hmm. Right? 
For one, you putting this artist on stage in front of a BAME audience that probably someone heard of this person. Mm-hmm. Two, the non-BAMEing artists that's they had they are uh, opening up for. You ain't really no contacts to them. No. You ain't talk to their A and R or anybody at their label or have any plug in with them. Nope. So they don't even it's nothing for this person to perform before this big artist. Yeah. Because there's no back end business behind it. You just saying you just selling them or well you could always say you perform in front of these set of people, you perform before this artist and that's it. But then where well so, where where does that actually work? Because like it does, it doesn't go anywhere. So an artist can say, "Oh, I opened up for Rick Ross, or I opened up for Shancio." Yeah. What the? So what? So what? <laughs> yeah, and you know, and then me, no, I was, you know, sort of shifting from Chosen View to TJT, mm-hmm. like you know, um, when I was in Atlanta, like I met. I met um, 21 Savage before he broke. Okay. Like, you know, so it's like me and uh, my boy Jacoby, he's now the one of the um, proprietors of Young DeGeneres, YNG. Okay. The clothing label. Mm-hmm. Um, like 20, which year it was? 2014 or tw- I think 2014, we went to a music festival in Atlanta called A3C. Okay. And like that year, that's when, like, you know, Young Thug and Rich Tommy that just came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I had saw, like, I was at when Race Rumor the first come out. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you know, they saw No Type. No Type, yeah. Yeah, I remember the day when they, they didn't even put that out yet. And I heard it before. Like, most people heard it. Like, they was at um, Georgia State and they was doing like a homecoming thing. And mm-hmm. it was like, yo, you just recorded this new song, No Type. And then I was, so they started performing it. I was like, wait, this song, are they? Yeah. Then all I knew, like three weeks later, it blew up. I was like, yo, that's <laughs> crazy. And then they saw them there with Mike Will and like Flocka, like, mm. you know, Young Dove, I saw, yeah. you know, before he really blew up, like saw him perform. Um, DC Young Fire, Emmanuel Hudson used to, live like two doors down from where I used to live. Okay. Like, I run in my Hudson all the time. Mm-hmm. And like we I like I have footage with all these people that I'm naming too or oh, whatever. Like okay. you know, so um so so so, yeah, so but, but, but before before you move on, let's let's talk about that a little bit. Um what yeah. actually what 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 was the catalyst to get you into Atlanta? So the catalyst was I really Wanted to leave Nassau, mm-hmm. but I wanted to go to a space where I wasn't. I was. I didn't want to go too far, but mm-hmm. I wanted to go far enough to where I would be separated from my life in Nassau. I wanted okay. to see something different. Okay. So, you know, um, I'm always a very introspective person. Okay. So I knew from young, I always I needed to get out my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I needed to break the boundaries that I felt boxed in. Okay. Come on up here. Okay. So, and, you know, through meditation, prayer, consulting God and stuff like that, Atlanta was the place because 
you know, I didn't. Even, I still don't know how I even got in that school because <laughs> I applied to Full Sail. Yeah. I applied to SCAD. Mm. Um, I applied to other two other art institute locations. One was in Chicago, mm-hmm. and I think the other one was in LA. Okay. Yeah. So, like, you know, Atlanta. So the irony was that when I had moved to Atlanta, mm-hmm. that's when the 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 I think the state, the state board or the state governors had passed a policy in Georgia to where it would be tax free to shoot film in Georgia. Mm. So when I came in, that's when all the Marvel and all the yeah. um all these different TV shows and movies start shooting there. And I was able to pass by and be on different sets and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. I I almost got the opportunity to rebrand a whole city where they shot The Walking Dead. Okay. That sort of fell through. Okay. So, okay. you know, um, like, you know, you're walking downtown and you passing, like, you passing the set of MacGyver. Like, mm. they when they rebooted MacGyver, I saw, okay, the, they, I was like, we, we'd be like, what's going on here? They shoot MacGyver. Or, you know, um, where they show up, like, all uh, Ant-Man and da-da-da-da. Yeah. Know know what that set is. Yeah. Like you know, you come in school and you in classes where people ready. Like you have students your age, they already signed to like Warner Brothers and Def Jam, and yeah. all they already have this book publishing. So it was like, yo, going to art school opened my eyes because it was like, yo, it was things bigger than what we've been, how we've been raised. We've been sort of taught to think in a box, but and be limited but it's like yo these people doing things like you know you having people from the school that have commercials w- with adobe mm-hmm. you know you have you seeing you being around things people what you thought was so hard to achieve they just doing it so easy yes so it was like you know it was like you know i feel like it was just meant to be mm-hmm. for me to be there and i adopted a lot i feel like you know when i came to that city i came as a boy and then by the time I had to leave, I left as a man. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, that's really what prompted me going there. And I think, mm-hmm. I thank God that I was able to because, you know, that changed my life forever. Now, let me ask you this. From your perspective, um, mm-hmm. why is it that Bahamians as a whole, as a, as a country, as a commonwealth, why are there obstacles in our way like what it's not difficult to apply to um any kind of school but mm-hmm. there's always this sense of no you can't do that where do you think that comes from well well so we don't run on all and i, I can keep that i can keep that answer very short it, my brother my brother ex- express yourself Express yourself. All right. <laughs> say what All you right, gotta so, say. Talk your shit. Because I'm about to break it down, right? No. So it comes from eugenically how. Well, first of all, we have a lot of eugenic trauma passed on us to us from slavery. Yes, we do. So eugenics, epigenics, all that, epigenics, all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. So that trauma. You've been brainwashing into thinking, the thinking in a box so you can be controlled. Mm-hmm. So now, 
through the school system, through how your parents raised you, mm-hmm. you only been taught. I always say this: we've been taught suppression, but never taught mastery. Mm. You you you've been taught to suppress your emotions, but you never been taught to master your emotions. Because mm-hmm. if you master your suppression, all that means is you constantly have to take conscious energy mm-hmm. and willpower to suppress your emotions, limit them. Mm-hmm. But they could always rise up. Mm-hmm. But if I master my emotions, I could use them, mm-hmm. and I could be more effective. Mm-hmm. But in society, we're taught suppression, suppress everything, mm-hmm. and never mastery. Mm. So, with that thought, we have been taught to suppress our thoughts, our wants, our needs, it, and it, not master it, ourselves. I, I, in, in addition, we've also been taught to suppress our creativity and our expression. Exactly. Exactly. So, so, I mean, in, in if in all of that, mm-hmm. um, my question has always been: Okay, we're suppressing something, and we're eliminating something, but we're not replacing mm-hmm. it with something else. If you're gonna exactly su- if you're so. gonna suppress my creativity, then replace it with something else. But if you keep telling me, no, I can't do it, no, I can't do it, eventually I'm going to look at you and say, this person is full of shit. Yes, I can do this. Unfortunately yeah. for a lot of people, it takes them a long time to get to that point, and sometimes the opportunity has already passed. But the fact still remains that you can't just keep suppressing because... Human mind, human nature dictates to us, you know, why am I being oppressed? And when I find a way to overcome the oppression and the suppression, I'm going to do it. Exactly. So that's why I I say choose to master instead of suppressing the creative arts, Mm -hmm. master them. Exactly. Instead of, and a good, and this, see, all this play back to some things I do, but I can still answer your question while saying this. Yeah. Let's take, for instance, right, when it comes to creativity, what is our biggest creative expression as name? I would say, what, Junkanoo? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to break that down. So going back to what I initially said, where we are, we've been eugenically suppressed and mm-hmm. oppressed where we do our own self-deprivation with limiting ourselves. We got, let me take Junkanoo. Junkanoo is a celebration of freedom. Mm -hmm. It is a spiritual experience that uplifts the soul and liberates the soul. Yes. But in the the confines of how it is practiced today, Mm -hmm. we have not transferred that energy and that spirit into everyday life. Mm-hmm. And that has been done by design. Because let's take, for instance, and I'm going to enlighten you and your followers to something. Okay. Right? Okay. In Nassau, Bahamas, I know obviously Freeport has their own special routes for, you know, mm-hmm. their junk and parade. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to take Nassau, for instance. And a lot of Bahamas don't know this, right? In Nassau, the junk and parade starts at Pompeii Square. Mm-hmm. What is Pompeii Square? Pompeii Square was the former trading blocks where slave owners could come and purchase slaves, right? Yes. 
So, Chongkunu being the celebration of freedom starts off at where? The place where you was oppressed and enslaved when you came to the new world. Yes. All right. So it goes down Bay Street. What does it pass on Bay Street? The House of Parliament. Mm -hmm. Now, at this time, in in standing in the front of the House of Parliament with the Queen Victoria statue, Mm -hmm. another symbol of our oppressor. Mm -hmm. But conveniently, during jungle time, she is blinded by the people, Mm -hmm. by the bleachers. Yes. So now John Canoe passes through and like, you know, when Jungle hits you, you feel free. That's that's war music. That's you know, that's inspiring music. You yes. know, you and you need that beat that drum. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Your whole body can't stay, stand still. So now that freedom fighting spirit coming through Bay Street, coming through Parliament Square, mm-hmm. passing all the objects that suppresses. On the main fairway that, you know, is symbolic of the Bay Street boys who control everything mm-hmm. up to their state mm-hmm. in the entire country. Mm-hmm. So now, second lap of Junko goes on to Shirley Street. Yes. Now, a real Junko would tell you, you ain't win Junko unless you win Shirley Street. Exactly. That's where the people are. Yes. Now, the glitz and glamour is on Bay Street, but the real people is on Shirley Street. Street. Yep. You ain't know. So now it goes on to Shirley Street. And then when that Junko ends, what street does it go to at the end? Where, where, like, where does Junko end? Market Street. Market Street, yes. Market Street, where the slaves used to come over, and even after slavery in the colonial era, where people used to come over to Market Street to come to sell their goods. Yes. So they go back over the hill where the poor people live. Mm. So even if you, for anybody who wanted to tune in my podcast, my intro song is the tourists come over and they go to the beach, but they don't come over the hill to see where we sleep. Mm Mm-hmm. Our nightmares is their fantasies. Yes. That's right. <laughs> so our nightmares is their fantasies. <laughs> so that even goes into playing what tourism is. Mm. Again, suppression. So now we're taught to just be subjects to uh to owner. Yes. Our oppressor. To dance and slap up and you know, just entertain. Mm. Never to own. Never to own nothing. Yes. So whether it be from the tourism sector or we want to be government workers or bankers or someone, it's always to be in servitude to somebody else. Yes. And in fact, we feel more accepted when we get accepted by, I like to say, the dominant society. Mm-hmm. And we get accepted in their ranks and we feel like we have arrived, but we just another trinket, another token in their system. Pretty much. So bowing back to the creative Part and even the caveat with Junkanu, right? Mm-hmm. And I always would say this, and Junkanu was some my friend people in Junkanu laugh at me. It's like, bro, y'all dudes, I'll come in a shot. I'm like, but y'all making a million dollars worth of art, mm-hmm. but y'all don't even see it. I tell them, bro, if I could have paid Pace and Bill, I'll put, I'll make a, a construct where like a piece of Junkanu coming out, a portrait. Mm-hmm. And I'll sell it for 10 grand and they laugh at me. They're just like, wait, you can't undo that because uh uh but I was like, wait, why not? Let me 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 end it jack and I listen now. Go ahead. I'm not sure if the exhibit is still there anymore, but I was too shocked 
when I was living in the States, went, walked into the, the Smithsonian Institute, there was an entire floor dedicated to John Canoe. An entire floor, wow. not an exhibit, an entire floor. They had basically recreated um, a John Canoe rush out. Had the music playing and you would walk in between the exhibit like you were actually on Bay Street. The, wow. the detail that was in that, uh, in that particular piece, there were shops represented in that exhibit that were open at the time the exhibit was being displayed. When I inquired about where these pieces came from, Apparently, a I don't know what you what, what you call them, uh, an art collector or someone. Apparently, someone was in Nassau during a John Canoe parade. Asked the different groups for their costumes. They just gave it to them. Yeah. The yeah. person took the exhibit to the Smithsonian, made a mm. grand presentation off of our shit. You know, uh-huh. that, you know how much that you know how much that nigga walked away with? That nigga walked Probably away. Probably like oh, tens of millions. No, 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 no. That's not not that much. He walked away with like four hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. I believe it. Mm-hmm. Now, let's think about not that. Surprised. Let Let's think about that. He had a piece mm-hmm. from every major John Canoe group, right? Mm-hmm. And he was able to walk away with damn near half a million dollars. How much, how, much, how, much, how much money do you think the Valley Boys, the Saxons, the Roots, uh, and all of that, how, how much money do you think they saw out of that? None. Not a, and they probably spent that amount or more to make them. Exactly. Not a brass fucking <laughs> penny. So, it, what, it, what it emphasizes and puts a spotlight on is the ignorance that is out there. And you mentioned something before that, for me, it's true. The ignorance we have towards our own creative expressions and monetizing our own creative expressions, the ignorance towards that is by design. So, indeed. now, my question then becomes this. If that kind of opportunity is out there, right? Why isn't it being exploited by us, the people that created it? Because I can tell you something right now. Those pieces did not get to the Smithsonian Institute without the Ministry of Tourism's knowledge. So, did somebody get I a kickback? Did somebody get a kickback under the table? What 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 the fuck's going on? Well, I'm glad you brought up the Smithsonian because Junkmoo is not the only thing that's being that the Smithsonian owns. They also own the Masters to Joseph Spence's music. That is also a world-renowned band. In fact, they teach the Joseph Spence 
technique, the way he played the guitar in universities all across North America. Yes. But his estate sees no money from that. No. So that's that Junkanoo exhibit is not the first situation like that from our culture. Right? So what often happens is that we have members of our society that are complicit in our downfall. Um, and obviously they get paid off because they themselves either don't know the value mm-hmm. of it, just like the person that created it, mm-hmm. or they don't care about raising awareness to say, yo, you can't do this without giving the money to him. But then we look on, we look down on our own people. We do. For the most part. We so we, we, we've been taught a lot of self-hate. Mm-hmm. So if it was a behemoth, obviously behemoths help to get those artifacts mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So they probably, and I'll tell you even the tale about Junkanoo. Junkanoo is a poor man's pastime. Mm. Junkanoo only thrives because it thrives from the ghetto. Yes. So regular middle class and high, upper higher class behemoths don't care about Junkanoo. In fact, I often tell my Bahamian descent friends and Bahamians that move to the U.S., mm-hmm. you guys make and who are doing Junkanoo over there, whether it be in Atlanta, South Florida, mm-hmm. Houston, mm-hmm. all the way up in Canada, y'all make way more money off of Junkanoo over there than those who created here. Yes, way they do. more money. Yes, they do. But I, I always tell them, don't tell the ones that here that because that can make them mad. <laughs> so, but what's the difference is that John Canoe can be monetized. Yes, again. But only a few understand. Mm-hmm. Only the, the few at the top of the culture. Mm-hmm. Then there's those who make it go, which is the everyday Joes. Yes. Which, the who are we documenting shows? Mm-hmm. Now, the Hamans has a mass. Don't really... That's our culture, but we don't really even know it. Before many people saw the Who Are We documentary, they didn't know, they didn't really know that much about Junk. Even myself, mm-hmm. I had to reingratiate myself in the culture. And when I figure it out, be around it, I see how it can be used. Because I have, always, I don't know, if you know about? Have you ever heard about the legendary Barabbas on the track? Yes, yes, yes. So Barabbas, the, the former leader, me and Barabbas have conversations like this all the time. Mm. Or whatever, where he was like, yo, you know, he tell me, like, it could be more than bait, but it's like people mind just fix it in a bait to where he decided to open up his own Junkanoo Museum, which, you know, tourists from everywhere come and it's rated 30 on TripAdvisor in the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he is expanding. He started doing trips to Savannah every St. Patrick's Day and putting on Junkanoo showcases. Mm-hmm. And that prompted me to start the junk in the trademark. Cause I'm like, bro, this is a hidden element. This is almost like vibranium. Back to the Wakanda. <laughs> this is like vibranium. But we ain't tapping into resources, but we have people that can come here and take it and make more money off of off of it more than us. Yes. So let's tap into the source. It ain't just about pastry. It's the energy. Again, sell it. Celebration of liberation. Mm-hmm. Cele- war music. That energy can be channeled into something positive. The creativity, yes. the excitement, the showmanship. Yes. Like, you know, how do you make these objects out of cardboard box and 
tape and takes these big things. Yep. Yep. Even to the fact where, like, you know, on Twitter, like, well, this is in Turks and Caicos because not only the Bahamas, there's jungle, but other other Caribbean islands do as well. Yes. Turks and Caicos, there's jungle because you just saw a video with Lil Baby and Jada Wada. Mm -hmm. They go on the Turks and what they do. Coming Jada coming off of out of the the, the Jeep mm-hmm. and she's meted by Tur- uh Turks Islanders playing junk and she started dancing with them. So yep. I'm like, hold on. So this is marketable. And we all often think because it's Bahamian, it's not marketable. But I tell you the truth, Bahamian is marketable. Yes, it is. Yes, We're it different. is. We're yes, not out is. there. And the, 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 everybody the, the thing about it too is like you just mentioned, Chonkanu <clears throat> is in other Caribbean islands. Um, exactly. If I'm not mistaken, about 10 or 15 years ago, Jamaica put out a whole ry- rhythm called the Chonkanu rhythm. You know? Um, yeah, but they still do it up to this thing. I, 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 and, and that's what I'm getting at. So uh-huh. this overwhelmingly va- this over- overwhelming train of thought that you know, Junkanoo can't be monetized. I mean, that's 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 fuckery on a higher level. You know, that's 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 like that's like concentrate that like that's a that's an effort to do that shit. Suppression. Yes, it is. How many how many times have we seen um, Miami Heat games? You know, I. One time I was, uh, we were in South Carolina and this was, uh, this was a Hornets game and there was a junk new rush out right there. So, so it's a junk new group in, in, um, I think, yeah, I think in this, there's some games that live in North Carolina that has like a little group too. Um, there, there's a group that I follow online, uh, the Geechee experience. They had an entire junk new, uh, festival. And Bahamians mm-hmm. came from, I believe some came from Atlanta, some came from Virginia, some came from South Florida. And they had Shout a- out all the Junkanoo guards. <laughs> Shout out AJG Atlanta, Junkanoo group, all the Nova, Brandon, all the rest of them. You know, they, they're my people. All right, all right. Man, listen. Yeah, we, because I, we gotta, I talk we, to all of them. Man, <laughs> like, you, 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 you got to throw them my way, man, because I want to talk to them. I want to talk to Bahamians yeah, no. living abroad. No problem, um, because I just, me and Brandon, like his birthday was this week and I called him, like, you know, he live mm-hmm. in Atlanta, like he's the leader of the Atlanta Chocolate Group, and me and him was just, ch- ch- I had him on my podcast when we went there last year, so right. like, me and him always go back and forth, you know, and then Nova and Ernie down on South Florida, Chocolate Guards, they're the proprietors, we didn't get a chance to interview them, but you know, they are my lesson whenever. It's like you know Miami right there, so that yeah. ain't tripping up. I mean, so, I mean, um, yeah, like you say, shout yeah. out to all the brothers, man, who who are taking you know what is intrinsically ours and 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 pushing oh, yeah. and, and pushing the culture forward. I, I, I want to do another shout out, um, my friend, good friend Renata. Like she's she's actually well, she her father, I think, yeah, her grandmother was born in the Bahamas. Okay. Her father was born here too, but I think moved probably early on in his life. So she's actually Bahamian descent, mm, okay. but she makes junk and carnival costumes and 
costumes for Brazilian, um, Brazil, Brazil's carnival. So like, you know, you mm-hmm. have people, we have a diaspora. Yes, we do. If you, if you, even if you can't wrap your mind around that, like, even though we're small, we have a Bahamian diaspora. Yes, like, we do. People that identify their lineage is from the Bahamas, but don't really know the culture. So that's why I push everything culture so hard. Cause it's like, People want to connect, so I go mm-hmm. make it a way for them to connect. You won't get in touch with your Bahamian roots, you know. That's why you know I created those avenues. That's why I like doing things like coming on your show. This mm-hmm. is all about connecting. We like we a big family. Like we can, we shouldn't have to wait for incidents like Dorian for everybody to get on code and say, "Oh, let's let's help, let's help Grandma, let's help Abaco." Yeah. You know, we should be doing that before that. Exactly. Between me and you, it was one of my goals to start traveling more to Farming Islands at Freeport Mm -hmm. and the rest of Grandma was first on the list last summer. Mm -hmm. Well, actually this year. But, you know, unfortunately, the events that took place last September happened. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but I would also like to say, too, before we get any further, before I forget, you people... In the north, mm-hmm. you Bahamians in the north, mm-hmm. y'all are great. Y'all, y'all better than us in the rest of the archipelago. Because y'all, y'all have endured a lot of hardships over these past 15 to 20 years. Yes, we have. And our government has done a disservice to y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, so where, you know, whether it be between the restoration after Jean and Francis, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be about addressing the dynamics of how the port contributes to the overall island and other things that I ain't really want to talk on Mike about. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but like, you know, the management of how the port, like, you know, mm-hmm. controls the economy of that island. Yes. You know, whether trying to turn Grand Bahama, whether it be an in, uh, industrial city or industrial island or make it touristic, you know, th- you just got to decide oh, which one it going to be. And then, you know, dedicate port energy into that. And then, you know, obviously, you guys are making that turn. And I, you know, shout out to Yamis, Yamis Swain from um, Islandish. Okay, yeah, uh, yes, yes, you yes. Know, I, I was proud of her, like, coming up with that podcast to, you know, give the perspective of the bombers from the Grand Bahamian point of view. Mm-hmm. Because we, again, we always make everything about, about the bombers Nassau-centric, which... You know, I, I really don't agree with or whatever because there's so much other things that goes on. Yes, this is Ruckus Man, and you are listening to Codename Agents of Chaos. Yes, we all know that we all have some special giveaways to give out with y'all today. So, listen, our giveaways are from our sponsors. We have Mask World in New Providence. Their number is 810-6050. NetVision, where you can get your tents professionally installed. Their number is 434 434- 1157 Smooth Cuts Barbershop Nails and Beauty Salon. They're on Market Street and Bahama Avenue. You can ask for Berto. His number is 556 2501. That's 556 2501. And all the way in Rock Sound, Eleuthera, we have Rock Sound Beverages. They are located in the Brian Major Place on High School Corner. You can Call them at 376-1454. They do free delivery or curbside pickup. They also accept Visa and MasterCard. That's Rock Sound Beverages. 
in the Brian Major Place on High School Corner, 376-1454. They do free delivery and curbside pickup. Now, in order to take advantage of our special giveaways, you have to do some very simple steps. First, we need you to like us on all of our social media platforms. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at codename AOC. That's at C-O-D-E-N-A-M-E-A-O-C. All one word, at codename AOC on all of our social media. Second, you can DM or private message us and let us know who was the first celebrity guest we had on Codename Agents of Chaos. Once you give us the correct answer, we will give you a special code word that you must say to our sponsors in order to receive your free giveaway. It is that simple. It is that easy. Get to liking, get to sharing, get to figuring out who was our first celebrity guest. That should not be difficult at all. Now, some basic rules. You must be 18 or older to participate in this giveaway, and you must have a valid form of government ID in order to make your claim. Other rules and restrictions do apply. Get to liking, get to sharing, and good luck to all of you. Well, let's 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 let's, let's stop right there. Um, right. Let's talk about that for for a couple of minutes. All right. In your opinion, why do you suppose that is? Because I I'll, I'll tell you. Originally, uh, I I am from New Providence, born and raised, and when I'd heard that Freeport, in particular, was going to become like the entertainment and creative capital for the country like that 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 was a that was motivation among some other things for me to come here um to, which year did, which year was that that was 2000 that was 2011 here we are okay so that's fairly 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 recent okay yeah but here we are nine years later and it has yet to get up off the ground now in addition to that it took me coming here and looking back home to realize the dire situation that we're in. Literally everything, every development that comes to the Bahamas is offered to Nassau first, literally. So in talking to some of the people here, apparently Atlantis was supposed to be in Grand Bahama. But for whatever reason... And I would imagine the port had something to do with it. Atlantis uh-huh. ended up in New Providence. So did Bahama. Uh-huh. So if they don't want these projects in the actual city of Freeport, fine. But this is a big ass uh-huh. island. You could literally fit New okay. Providence on this island five or six or eight times, and they never touch one another. Okay. So in your opinion, then, why is everything funneled to New Providence? Or they're given okay, they, so, they're, they're first preference, let me say it like that. So, um, well, let's break down the history of the two cities. Mm-hmm. So, if we go back to the 50s, and I think I was, I don't know who I spoke to and from you guys is in with the agents, but mm-hmm. um, I said this. Nassau and Freeport was on equal footing up until 
probably the early 2000s mm-hmm. to where, you know, you want a good life in the Bahamas. You had the option of whether choosing Freeport. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. always been. Mm-hmm. So Freeport, feel, people feel like they better than Nassau people. Nassau people feel like they better than Freeport people. I want I want to I want to come back thing. to that cuz I want to come back to that cuz I would, would really like to get your take on where that comes from which is horseshit I about to tell you which which is horseshit so, by the way Yeah but that came from the 50s and 60s cuz th- that's the thing right mm-hmm. um what when did the port come in, well let me ask you this cuz when did the port come into play in the governance of um city of Freeport That would be 90 That was 1990, I want to say 55. Okay. So, all right. So let's take, for instance, okay, like I said, the 50s, right? Mm-hmm. So let's go all the way up to Salinden's time around in independence and where he had his break of bend rule with Freeport where they was just, you know, to keep black Bahamas from working, they would just bring in foreign mm-hmm. workers to work on jobs that Bahamas. So after this breaking breaker brand initiative, going from the mid seventies all the way up to the two thousands, right? Black Bahamians, if you wanted paradise in the moment, black Bahamians could either live in Nassau or Freeport. Okay. So for the longest time it was like it it was like basically the same thing as like like, you know, if you was living in Freeport, what you was really missing of not being in Nassau. Up until, like I said, if we use the time period between the mid seventies and let's say the early two thousands, mm-hmm. nothing really. Because no, okay. As as a matter of we fact, ju- as a matter of fact, there were some advantages to being exactly. in Freeport. Exactly, because you was closest to Florida, so they often say, "Oh, Pete Freeport, Grand Maymans think they Americans." Yeah. So there was no difference. Right, so it was always okay, whatever you know, da 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 da. So now, when the hurricane situation started happening, you know, we we always reactionary and instead of being proactionary. Mm-hmm. So and now everybody figure all oh, flip. The line on Freeport is super flat. Yeah, and because of global warming and climate change, the sea levels are rising. Mm-hmm. So. After Gene and Francis, Freeport has been into, into rebuilding for the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. So during that period of time, you know what ha- took place during that period of time? Well, Atlantis was already around, but Bahama was in the works from the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. From the first Christie administration mm-hmm. to the, the third Ingram administration yep. until the last Christie administration. Yep. So that was in the works. They been wanted to buy Cable Beach from the 80s. Mm-hmm. It's just that they wanted Goodman's Bay, mm-hmm. but they had to move a little bit further down, mm-hmm. right? So by the time these decisions were being made, Freeport had just experienced Gene and Francis. Mm-hmm. So that Bahama deal was in stone from then, around that time, right? During that time, also what happened in those 20, 15, 20 years that Freeport been in rebuild mode, Abaco was slowly progressing as the sec- becoming second capital. Yes. Why? Yes. 
there were more investments. What what was going with what was formerly going to Grandma Alma started going to Abaco. They started developing more private communities. Yes. More people started to elect to go to move to Abaco. Yes. And their infrastructure was slowly building up until 2018. They surpassed Grandma Alma in GDP. Yes, I think it was it was either 23 or 27 percent of the entire country's GDP came from Abaco. Exactly. So they've been building up that, that, you know, that whole time. Yes. So every time when people look at Freeport, then it comes into the debate where should we look at Grandma Alma as an industrial island or touristic? Now, here's, here's, so the, because, here's, here's the thing about that. As uh, far as the city of Freeport is concerned, it's an industrial city because... I always thought it was incredibly stupid to have a passenger terminal, a passenger sea terminal, right outside of an oil refinery. That makes no goddamn sense. Now, yeah. here's, here's where um, subsequent government administration, this is where I, I play, place the blame with them. If we're talking about the, the city of Freeport, that's one thing. But then there's Williamstown, which is considered mm-hmm. government-owned. There's Smith's uh-huh. Point, which is considered government-owned. There are uh-huh. other points outside of the boundaries of Freeport that can be developed into attractive touristic right. areas. Indeed. But they only seem to be raised around election time to get persons votes, and then it all falls to shit. So that says to me, again, the lack of development in Grand Bahama is by design. And as long as the port is kicking out whatever money they have to the government, they could give a shit. Above about the entire island, not just Freeport, the entire island. They could care less. I agree with them. And the reason why we don't have diversification of our economy at large, because like, let's say for instance, not just talking about New Providence and Grand Bahama, right? Mm-hmm. We have big old Andres just sitting there. I just been to Andres like two years ago, mm-hmm. right? Now Andres have a lot of things that a lot of Bahamians don't know that's on that island, such as there's a whole U.S. base there. I saw the, the soldiers perfectly with my own two eyes uh, fly that, in that, and fly out. Would that be the Artec base off Mangrove Tea? Yep. Yep. And they, they, they come through Nicholstown. Not okay. Nicholstown, um, Andrew Anderstown. Yeah. Um, Mayor Fresh Creek. Mm-hmm. Also, what's on the island is a lot of... Um, there's some touristic things, but they're more so getaways like, you know, Kamala Miki. Yes. Where, like, you know, yes. to be there for five days, you have to spend 10 grand. So they have that high arching clientele. And yes. there's, there's the similar things on the island of Aduba. Yes. So, as well as Exuma, with eyes, okay, more private, smaller resorts. Word was more for for the elites, the rich and famous. Like you know, you want the island life, that easy breeze. But outside of that, there's always room for development 
But, you know, how Crown Line often works is that they either want you to attain it for either touristic purposes or agriculture. Yes. Now, what this goes back to our education and our suppression again. We've been tricked to think, yo, you only can make money from being a lawyer, doctor, blah, 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 blah. But we never was taught, yo, you need to grow your own food. <laughs> you need to get into agriculture. Unfortunately, so again, uh, 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 unfortunately, you know, you hear stupid things like, I ain't waking in the yard because I know Haitian. I don't know what the fuck that got to do with anything, but anyway. <laughs> or I am on work in the field because I am on turn black. Again, self-hatred. Mm. Go back to self-hatred. You know, go back to that slave system. Yeah. So now we, COVID come, now everybody want to make a backyard farm to start farming. We should have been doing this years ago. Exactly. So now you are big Andres. Basically, you know, if I had to, like, I, in, in full transparency, if I had the choice to live on a different island, I would move from Nassau. Mm-hmm. Not like I often every day be like, yo, you know, I would mind moving to Freeport, like, you know, if certain things was thing and I gotta have a little just apartment in Nassau and just fly in when I need to take care of business or live on a different island. Like, you know, um I know this guy, he lived in Harbor Island, he has a business there in Nassau. Mm-hmm. However, like, you know, because it's like uh, my uncles often talk about, you know, moving to Andres and basically just taking a plane trip to Nassau because there's only an eight minute flight mm-hmm. or shipping the things because it's like, fine, we don't need to depend on Nassau. But everybody afraid of not having amenities that are readily available. Well, if I move to an island, it ain't gonna be no social activities. It ain't gonna be nowhere to go. And okay, the schools ain't up to code and blah, 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 blah. So, you know, that's which, what which is, which is, which is, which is, which is bullshit too, by the way, but let's move on. Yeah, because you can always develop those things. Exactly. And again, Ab- Abaco is the perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. They wasn't there, but then all of a sudden when it was like 2010, before Dorian came, Started seeing Abaco having concerts and Abaco doing this. Even my cousin, I moved to Abaco for a time for a job or mm-hmm. whatever. Like, you know, I know people that, you know, survivors from Dorian that they was telling me the stories like, yo, Abaco was jumping because, like, yeah. Da, 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 da. yeah. So it's like, if Abaco could do it, and of course, obviously, yeah, Abaco's in shambles now, but they're trying to rebuild. We can do the same thing for other islands. Yes, you can. And not even just Abaco. Exuma is another case in point. Mm-hmm. How much things be going on in Exuma? Mm-hmm. So you're just making excuses of okay, why? Not saying you get to a point where you don't need us, you know, because obviously every country has its main epicenter, and you, like you know, you always have the countryside of the main city, but it can't be this great disparity. No, to where. Everything being filtered to one place that only twenty one by seven. I mean, Everybody it's, else. It's, it's to the point where when you even when you watch our promotions, when you watch our promotions, they say New Providence and the Family Islands. No, that's 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 horseshit. That shouldn't be like that. Indeed. So, like you know, um, it's a lot of things that. 
I guess, like I say, you know, I, I, I really don't, I, I'm a person that doesn't believe in government. I always believe in, if we want to see change, we got to make it ourselves. Like, forget them niggas. Because it's like, bro, when you realize, and I've met a lot of, had interactions with different politicians mm-hmm. since returning home, and it's like, yeah, I can see you only telling people certain things, and I already see how y'all get money. Mm-hmm. Or whatever, mm-hmm. like case in point. Let's just take for instance, and that's why I became an entrepreneur. Okay. Um, let's case in point as well as an investigation point. If you look at fast ferries, who's the investors of fast ferries? First, Not- you have the Simnet family, mm-hmm. and then you have, I think, of three other groups, and then you have Doctor Minutes. Yes. If you look at a lot of other payment-owned entities. A lot of the politicians have pulled, either present or past politicians, mm-hmm. have some ownership inside these things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we could we could cry and say, "Oh my, y'all only get the deals for ah 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 ah," or you could be like, "All right, since they want to play this game, let me play this game too," mm-hmm. or whatever. Okay, if y'all want to just campaign to pass legislation. And people always say why politicians is coming into office and put their hand in the cookie jar, right? Mm-hmm. And this is this is why that happens. Because we have no campaign reform to where we have legislation that says you have to be transparent of who your donors is during election season. Basically, what we don't have is a full implementation of the Freedom of Information Act, which will never come into fruition because when that does happen, we are going to see the absolute chaos and fuckery that's been going on. Yeah. As well as, so, you know, in the the U.S., you have things called like super parks. Yeah. So where, okay, if me and you want to lobby for a particular candidate or a particular bill, mm-hmm. we could come together legally, say, okay, we're going to put X amount of dollars into this. Yes. Blase, blase. But we don't have that in Obama. So you, Ruckus, could say, if I'm okay, if me and you cool, right, mm-hmm. and I'm a politician, mm-hmm. you could say, but I'm about to give you like 20 grand to fund your campaign. Mm-hmm. Make sure I streak. Mm-hmm. So when I get in the parliament, when I pass in the first budget cuts, guess what? You about to get that twenty thousand plus interest back. Yep. And yeah, the family people could mind, be mine, but it's like, yo, if I I'm if I'm the winning party, right? And you can't tell me if, if let's say if I'm one of the parties and documents is the leader. Mm-hmm. He can't tell me from I can't get you straight. Because I can be like, wait, this way put X amount of dollars inside our wife. Exactly. You gotta get him back. And you have to understand because he probably did the same thing too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, let's get everybody straight. Mm-hmm. So that's why you saw Diagola getting his duty-free yeah. vote exemption on the washers. You saw Peter Turnquist and Sky Bombers getting the vote exemptions on the airplane mm-hmm. parts. Mm-hmm. And you saw Brent Simonette on a different debate, or I think a different year, get his cut. You mm-hmm. saw different people get his cut. So that's why, you know, even the whole party system, that's why Leslie Miller supported um, Dr. Minnis outright before he they actually won because he's yes. okay. So 
I know if I should be saying this, but let's just say, I ain't going too much detail, but let's just say, you know, Dr. Miss lucked out for Leslie when, you know, time yeah, came. I, 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 and, so and, and, I, and let's so, leave it at so that. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's leave it so at like, that. You know, yeah. So, you know, it don't matter about party either. No, it doesn't. Because it's like from, if you understand that Ingram and Christie been past friends and actually was partners at their own law firm from the 60s. So Lindem, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, Ingram and Christie law firm is not only still operational, but making damn good money. Oh, I know that. But see, that, that goes to another thing. Okay. They're making money together. If me and you making money together, of course, me and you, you never heard them really say anything malicious no. towards each other. They are each other's, uh, they're godfathers for each other's children. At the end of the day, behind, uh, behind closed doors or in their private moments, they are just that, family. So... Yeah. Uh, and the, they're the, competitors because it's like... The, the, the infuriating thing about that too is, and this is where I blame the Bahamian people, this isn't news to Bahamian people. They know that they're friends. They know that they've, they have their business partners. They know that it's all a circus. Yet they still choose to get themselves whipped up in a frenzy because of the circus. So... It can be an, an an argument can be made that a major reason why we are facing the difficulties we are facing as a Bahamian society is because of the actual Bahamian society. It's one thing to be ba- it's one thing to be bamboozled and to, to be misled if you don't know, but if you do know and you are willingly being misled, but that doesn't that's, that's some other bullshit altogether. Indeed. So, but then it goes back to what I originally said. We've been taught suppression, mm. not mastery. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. And not see when you make money together and you do it on a high level, right? Mm. It ain't with just the law of business. You know, it's about investments too. That too. And obviously, if they're smart, and what a lot of rich payments do, they. You know, after a while, you make a limited company, mm-hmm. right? Then, so your name isn't attached to that, and they're lawyers, so they notice. Yes. So if I make a limited company or a holding company, I can purchase and do all kind of back-end dealing. You'll never know who run it, because I could always hire a manager for it. Mm-hmm. Then they could do my bidding. Mm-hmm. You never trace that back to me. Never. So... You know, so if I play in chess with all of y'all and it's just a sport because what I was going to say too, right, it's just like playing basketball or any sport, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you my adversary. Yeah, we can be cool, but in these lines, we're going to go at each other's throats. Yeah. And yeah, everybody tearing because it's a gladiator sport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This one against this one. Let's say Kobe, Kobe and LeBron, da 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 da. But yeah, yeah they try to take off it and they have y'all split, but. When the game over and they talk behind the scenes, they're the best of friends. Exactly. Or whatever. You thought that they hate each other. Mm-hmm. And it might be some disagreements. There might be times that they don't speak to each other or you know, feel some type of way. But 
at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, when careers is over and they chilling, that's the friends. And that's what you saw with Kristen Ingram. They taking pictures, driving around Abaco, yep. doing that press conference together. Mm-hmm. Just that and that because they like, okay, you retired, I retired, competition over. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. Like, let's live the rest of our life chilling. And I ain't watching nothing. So, you know. <laughs> um I mean that that's just gangster to me. Cause that that's all that, that that's all it is. That's gangsterism. <laughs> like or whatever. You you playing chess with people. Or whatever. Why everybody playing tic tac toe in the sign? We have not just only them, mm-hmm. and not just only here the bombers. You have people at the top of the food chain playing chess with you. You you a pawn in their game. That's all. The, that's if you all. don't wake up, if you don't wake up and realize it, it before it's too late, you ain't gonna never get. You gonna keep on crying and screaming for things and never get it. That's why I say yo. Forget the government thing. Let's do it ourselves because we have legislation for certain things to where we can do it. Now, here's here's the thing about that. And again, it goes back to everything being by design. Yes, there's legislation in place for people to be more self-sufficient, right? Again, when I was coming up in high school, we were taught these things. There was a civics and a social studies class. We were taught the Constitution. We were taught the penal code. We were taught all of these things. And by the time the year 2000 rolled around, I'm looking at my nieces and nephews, and I'm like, um, is so-and-so still the civics teacher? Is so-and-so still the social studies teacher? And they look at me like, what is that? Hold on now. <laughs> so I would surmise that these subjects were taken out of the schools purposefully to keep persons in the dark and make them more dependent on the government. Because if I know this information and you know this information and we are able to do things independently from the government, that makes us less dependent, that makes us less susceptible to oppression. Uh-huh. So, yes, the removal of these things was by design. And you're already working with a predisposition of people predisposed to not necessarily looking up things, reading things, researching things. So there is no excuse for Bahamians not having a copy of the Constitution because you can download it for free. Everyone have a damn phone. If you could download WhatsApp or the bullshit on that, you could download the Constitution and the Penal Code and read it for yourself. And whatever you don't understand, Google it. So again, for me, it comes back to the people. Yes, the people have been, like how you say, they've been conditioned and oppressed and being taught to think otherwise. But at some point, when does basically the question is at some point when does Bahamian society take responsibility for itself? You can't keep relying on the government because it's obvious the government don't give a fuck about you. So when when does that when does that happen? Well, I don't think that naturally happens because mm. this 
I don't want to really say this, but I often do. Eighty mm-hmm. percent of people are stupid. It does d- listen? What's the what's the national grade average? All right then. <laughs> so there's so, a reason for that. <laughs> yeah, no, but like, but like, I always tell people, eighty percent of people, no matter where they are on the place of the earth, they're mm-hmm. stupid. Yes. Or whatever. So now, since we know that, right? So now let's see what the twenty percent of people that know what do they do. Mm-hmm. About fifteen percent of them are self-serving. Mm-hmm. But let's take for instance. Well, let's not even go to fifteen. One percent mm-hmm. of them control the rest of the ninety-nine percent. Yes, and then the rest of the nineteen work for that one percent. Yes. So now within. That 19%, that mm-hmm. 19% can create change against the 1%. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the 19% are complicit in promoting the 1% agenda. Okay. So if those who know, know that they know, but withhold information to allow the 80% to know, then, hey, things will only happen. And they will only see the rewards. Only them will see the rewards. Mm-hmm. So if, if okay, so in instances where, okay, me and you, we are aware of this information, but we have platforms where we divulge this information, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. People may know we're, we're divulging information that the 20% already Mm-hmm. Right, but they don't have platforms to give this information out. Mm-hmm. But you know what the eighty percent gonna do? Mm-hmm. Because they have not been conditioned to accept information and expound their mental capacity, they're not even gonna click on our videos. No, they don't want to see something that that entertains them and numbs their minds and mm-hmm. not elevate their consciousness. Yes, because that's by design. Because they have, they're in a remedial state of being, mm-hmm. so they only react. They only reactionary, not proactionary. Mm-hmm. So, if with our platforms, if we're not enabled by the rest of the twenty percent, then the eighty percent. Well, yeah, if we're not enabled by the nineteen percent, mm-hmm. the one percent agenda holds firm to and to make sure that eighty percent still don't know nothing mm-hmm. and that the 20% is complicit in promoting their agenda. Mm-hmm. So 90% is complicit in promoting their agenda. Mm-hmm. So, you know, things are orchestrated. Yeah, you know, like I say, you know, we as a people could get on code. And everybody says, oh, why government jobs this? And why this and that? And even to the point where people are talking about marching, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if you heard about what are some of the um, civil rights agencies and movements in the Grand Bahama as we speak? Um, there's not really a lot of them. There's just individual persons that have movements. So, for example, um, there's KCX. He has a movement for yeah for his, for his platform. Um, there's Brother Daquan Swain. Who has been mm-hmm. his his latest uh, undertaking was um, being fairly treated by the power company. Um, there is I'm trying to remember his name. 
I know his first name is Godfrey. I can't remember his last name for the love of me. Anyway, uh, there's him. He has been fighting for, um, for like the actual port authority to like lower their fees and, you know, make doing business in Grand Bahamo uh, more accessible. Um, but as far as like individual movements, oh, well, there is one. Uh, Gail Woon does have Earth Care where she is an environmentalist. Okay. So I, I, I say that because, you know, a few years ago, um, and I, I don't ask a good question about that, um, that port dynamic on you all guys. But in Nassau, a few years ago, we had this whole thing, We March, right? Yes. Again, this is where 1% controls the 19... Well, the one, the 19% is complicit in promoting the 1% agenda over the 80%. So We mm-hmm. March... Um, Renel Han- uh, Raynard Hanfield yes. started it. Yeah, I remember Renard, going against yeah. the government. Get got everybody on code. Mm-hmm. Bayman's actually came on code for once, and you know, for the first time in a very long time, mm-hmm. everybody marched. And this, I have a problem with marching, but I'm gonna get into that after I finish this. Mm-hmm. So they got on code, marched. Mm-hmm. You know, now marching brings awareness to an issue. Now there needs to be actionable items after you march. Exactly. So if anybody talks about marching and don't have no actionable items afterwards, I'm not going out there to march with you. Because no. you, I don't even know what we're marching for. No. Or whatever. Okay, we promote awareness. Okay, what is the next thing? So they they march. I don't know what is actionable items was. Right? Mm-hmm. So afterwards... He did the march. Mm-hmm. When, you know, got the people on code, you know, they voted. And then you saw morning of the election, he threw his support towards Dr. Mm-hmm. Everybody was outraged by it. Oh, he's a traitor. He uses this. But again, the 19% being complicit in the mm-hmm. agenda of the 1%, mm-hmm. the fooling the 80%. Because if most people realize it was Raynard Henfield is the nephew of Dr. Menace's wife. Yes. So if you knew that, that wouldn't be surprising to you what he did. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. As simple as that. As simple as <laughs> that, I just said that. So if you knew that, if you had digit and proper investigation from mm-hmm. the start, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have been surprised yeah exactly oh you wouldn't have been misled so it's like okay now everybody has a bad taste in their mouth because now we're never going to be hoodwinked again but Mm. then that's by design as well now okay you saw that your quote-unquote leader was controlled by the system Mm -hmm. now you y'all don't know what code to follow so now if someone rises up you're going to question them trying to be united yeah Yep. Especially they don't have actionable items. Exactly. So that's what leads us into the next election, into 2022, mm-hmm. which is basically a year away. Yes. Because election season, I'm telling you right now, election season is about to commence within the next week. Of because course. Of course. Norm- normally, normally, and I told a friend this other day, normally, right, 
we have early elections in the Bahamas. We don't wait until November like the U.S. We we typically vote around April, May. Mm-hmm. We don't let it get past June. No. So campaigning is about to start. Oh, yeah. In short order mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of instances where, okay, everybody's saying we need a better Bahamas, but no one has a direct goal to attain it. And it's always the government, the government, the government, the government, the government, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now, what we don't know is, okay, as it pertains to funding and things like this, that's what a lot of Bahamians have. That's their grip. They won, they have these ideas and we need funding. That's rightfully so. But I would encourage all my brothers and sisters, like, we might have these lofty goals, but we must find smaller ways to get closer to them. Mm-hmm. Right. And why I said it is, it's like, okay, we often think we have this big dream. So we think the big dream is supposed to happen on day one. Now, <laughs> you might have to take a thousand steps and about 10 years to get to uh, that big dream. So, all right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's say, let's say, for instance, you have, a, you want to start an ice cream business. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, you might have to start with a cheap machine. Oh, no, let's not even talk about ice cream. Let's talk, go back to filmmaking, mm-hmm. right? There we go. You want to shoot, shoot, shoot your videos. Yes. So you're going to have to start with a small camera, a cheap camera. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, boy, if I add this red, but I'd be charming, bro. But I can't afford that right now. Mm-hmm. And I want to take out no loan to go get this $50,000 camera. Mm-hmm. So let me, okay, how much money I get? I get, I can save up one solid grand and get me like, you know, a little light kit, mm-hmm. you know, a little like, you know, uh, a lens, a body, boom, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you invest that grand or you start doing your videos now, you might feel like, bro, your quality and up to the power to other people that you see. Mm-hmm. So you don't get discouraged by that. You figure it out a way to where, okay. My quality is this, so let me see how creatively I can, you know, charge people for my services and yes. make sure whatever I have, I can make the best out of it. All yes. right. So you do that. You start building up your profile. Now you might charge less. You really want to charge fifteen hundred, because you know how much it is. But you might have to charge less because of the equipment you have. Exactly. So you start doing that, mm-hmm. then you start building. Say, hold on, I could get me a new lens. Mm-hmm. Or you get me more equipment, mm-hmm. and you slowly build yourself up. And people don't really want to build, but that's what you're gonna to have to. Yes, because the government of the bombs don't believe in behemoths, so we have to believe in us. That's why the motto at the Joan trademark is "We believe in you." Mm. You, you you start small and you build, build and build and build and build, and that's how you become self-made. Because exactly. now. When you, okay, yeah, you took a longer time, but you ain't owe nobody for it. Not, not only that, um, I know when I first started out with filmmaking, my very first camera was a high eight camera. <laughs> Everybody listening know what that is. But um, I'm appreciative of starting from that point to the point I am at now. Because there are things that you learn along the way that you do not learn in a formal education system. And, and I'm glad I, I had that 
education as well because there have been situations where my digital cameras have failed on me and I had to resort to using uh, older recorded media. And I was still not only able to complete the project, but complete it on time and on schedule. So at least I had a reference point or a contingency plan in case something didn't work. But now if you start all the way at the top, the top, mm-hmm. and you don't have a foundation underneath the top, mm-hmm. not if, when something goes wrong, you up shit creek. But all of that, like you said, is only going to come along with time and and working away from the bottom and working your way through, you know, low tier, middle tier, then high tier. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, we as Bahamians, we, we don't want to go through the process. We like to say, Indeed. trust the process, but we only want Indeed. the end we results. We only want to be spoon fed. Exactly. Back to that slavery mentality. Yeah. You want master to give it to you. You don't want to go get it yourself. And if 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 we're gonna sit back and continue to wait for Massa to give it to us, then Massa is either only giving going to give it to us when he sees fit or when it is to Massa's benefit. Because mm-hmm. your oppressor never wants to see you do better. So and then again for Go ahead. I just want to tell everybody our oppressors is in the government because you you have to look. There's people and forces and entities behind the government. Yes. That's what people yes. don't really focus on. Yes. Like, yeah, Dr. Minutes is the prime minister, but it's like, who is, who, I always say this, Dr. Minutes is the CEO of the Bahamas, but who are the investors, the board of directors and investors of the Bahamas? They, are, they, they are the people that you do not know. You do not know their names. You do not know how to find them. You do not know how to reach them because Dr. Menace, Mr. Christie, Mr. Ingram, and yes, even Mr. Penland was mm-hmm. put there by someone mm-hmm. um, so that when we have an issue, we look to them and not to the real and oppressor. And, they, and the thing, the other strategy is they look like us. Yep. So either either you give them a pass or you start hating yourself. Exactly. So you know, all, 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 of, all of this is by, by design. And I like how you say we use our respective platforms. Just put the information out there. You know, do, do with the information as you see fit. But, you know... I have found a lot of times people like to claim ignorance because they think it makes them innocent and nothing could be further from the fucking truth. You know, just because you don't know the stove is hot doesn't mean the stove won't burn your ass. So, I, 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 I mean, Bahamas, we need to get it together. All of these different things that we use to divide us with either willingly or unwittingly, knowingly or unknowingly, consciously or, un- or subconsciously, you know, 
we can't yeah, look we, 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 about... we, we can't we can't look to outside forces to heal within yes and the thing about it is i always say this yeah we have to the internet is the big biggest equalizer yes like you know um what we do now was not in existence 10 years ago mm-hmm. but why is it here the internet like you know you can't connect I mean, you wasn't going to be able to connect through the internet. Like, you know, you've been living in Grand Bahama for the last decade. Mm-hmm. Half of the decade, I wasn't even in the Bahamas. <laughs> How we connect. Exactly. Through the internet. Through so the it's internet. like, yo, okay, you get all this gossip and drama through WhatsApp. Why you just can't reach out to people mm-hmm. to, you know, exchange business, exchange ideas, come to join. Yeah. And even to the fact, that's why I took my own money. And say, yo, I'm going to take trips to these different places to connect with different behemoths because it's going to be beneficial later to have these re- these relationships. Mm-hmm. And I need to start implementing other things. Yes. Like, you know, it goes beyond what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, connections and networking is very essential. We can't exist in a silo, you know. And that's why I say, you know, Creating those bonds across connections. Mm-hmm. That's the only way we're gonna survive. We need each other. We do. Or whatever. Because we do. We don't they ain't gonna help us. No. So we, we gotta help ourselves. But, but now we, we, we also we also have to identify those of us of like mind. Is that something I, I keep saying on, on this podcast? Um I like to call my followers agents because we need to be able to identify one another. I need to be able to look at Brother LJ and say, okay, this brother is like me. We have similar um, goals and similar mindsets so we can work together towards a common goal and a common mindset. And the same unity that Bahamians and by extension black people like to talk about we need, that's a primary way for it to come about. But it's not going to happen if everybody is off in their little corner um, indulging in the fuckery. Who is, who who juicing who this week and how the pasta get catch in the sweetheart house and he dropped down dead and all that bullshit. Yeah. But quick question. So, Mm. you brought up something earlier where you say um, someone was... Um, protesting against the port. Like, how does the port affect the citizens of Grand Bahamas' like quality of life? When you say fees, mm-hmm. you're talking about more so how, like, you know, like, for instance, how, like, if you import a car and it's a free port, you mm-hmm. don't have to pay that duty, but it has, it isn't branded or, I've heard the term where you can, like, leave the city limits with the car or something like that, like, Yes. Um, now, to, to full disclaimer, um, even though I've been in Grand Bahama now going into about 10, 11 years, um, even I don't f- quite fully understand it. I'll do my best to try to answer that. Um, for the way I understand it is there was a agreement called the Hawksbill Creek Agreement where uh-huh. um, some investors came in, saw potential in this particular uh, patch of land on Grand Bahama, they wanted to develop it um, 
outside of government interference or 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 let me let me let me let me, let me use the correct term they wanted to make it a municipality let me say it like that so an agreement was struck between the government and what is it uh St. George's and uh, Coopers that they would develop the city of Freeport and they would basically lease the land from the government so that it can do what it needs to do to create this municipality and have it function. So within the municipality of Freeport, um, it was now responsible for taking on uh, functions that the government normally would. So for example, the building of schools, the building of roads, the putting in of an irrigation or water infrastructure, the putting in of a communication infrastructure, things like that. That is the responsibility of the port, not of the government. So, yes, if you live in the city of Freeport and you do have a business and you are able to uh, secure a bond, yes, you can bring in goods and products using that bond tax-free. Uh, the, 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 the issue with that is they can give you a bonded plate and you can put that on your vehicle. Yes, you can drive within the limits of the city of Freeport, free and clear. But the minute you hit 8 Mile Rock, you better park your car on the side and catch the bus or jump yeah. in a friend's car. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah. Well, and that, well, that's very much the case. So, I will say it like this. When the port was working or functioning properly... That's when you saw the city of Freeport shine. Now, yes, there were other things like, you know, there was the drug money, the mafia money and all like that. Money laundering was going on. Yes, it was. But um, when the port was under the right leadership, the city of Freeport did thrive. Now, what happened is the original signees of the port of the Hawksville Creek Agreement have since passed away. Now, people get mad when they say it like this, but the hardcore fact of the matter is the children of these men just don't give a fuck. They, don't, they, couldn't, they could care less about whether or not the city functions. So everything fell to shit. So in order to keep the people of Freeport to shut them up, Every so often, they throw a bone. They repave a road. They might repaint the school. They might donate money to something. But it, 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 the, the way the, the port is operating right now leaves a lot to be desired. So now you have a situation where if the port is not doing what it's supposed to do and the lease is coming up, for renegotiation. Now, what happens if the port is found to be in breach of contract? Do we really want whatever administration in place taking over the city of Freeport like they would, say, Stapleton or Fox Hill or Yamacraw? 
To be perfectly honest, the answer is no. <laughs> That's not the right thing. So, okay, so because iOS often wondered that. Okay, so, so basically, people they don't like the poor, but they like, bro, this the lesser of two evils. It, it, yeah, it's the lesser of two evils. Um, okay. Now the the, the issue the the issue with that too is um, again now this is just my speculation. All right, I'm not saying that this is how you know this is. I'm not saying this is the official explanation, but from where I stand and how I see things, um, because uh, the leadership style has changed. And because it only seems, at the end of the day, money seems to be, uh, or profit seems to be the only determining factor as to whether or not these agencies work, um, that too is a serious problem. Because let's take, for example, the power company. The power company has investors. Investors are looking to see a return on their investment. So... If they're if they notice that hey we took a 10 15 25 percent hit in in our investment one month then there's the very real chance of hey go up on the light bill because according to my contract I'm supposed to see a two percent five percent seven percent whatever percent increase in my investment over a particular quarter. Now, the question then becomes, is the investor wrong for expecting that? No, because that's what the port or the contract promised him. On the other hand, it's horrible because now you have a situation like what just happened here with the port and the power company. They damn near doubled everyone's bill with no explanation. But then you expect the good people of Freeport and the rest of the island, because GB Power powers the entire island, you expect the people of Grand Bahama not to say anything. And you're going to pull this stunt now, not only in because we're still recovering from Dorian. We haven't done that yet. You're going to pull a stunt like that, not only in the recovery of Dorian, but now also in COVID? Like we being serious right now? That's just pure where you just don't give a fuck. Your investors look into for their increase. So tax the people or go up on the bills. And Grand Bahamians, and I would imagine Nasuvians as well, or people all over the Bahamas, we have become dependent on electricity. Mm-hmm. Now, there is also the flip side of that, of Bahamians being irresponsible with their power usage. So now that gives both GB Power and BPL a leg to stand on. Because they are, I know of people both here and New Providence who never, turn on the, who never turn off their central AC unit. But then have the nerve to wonder why the bill is two and $3,000 a month. And then also complain when the bill comes in higher than normal. But the issue with that is if GB Power or BPL 
was only targeting those people who were irresponsible with their power usage, there wouldn't be so much of a concern. But the problem with that is you make everybody suffer. I'm responsible with my power bill. I put LED lights in. I got an AC with an inverter. Um, I turn off all of my appliances when I don't use them. I even unplug them. I, I try to use power responsibly. But you still go up on my bill 75 80%. That's fuckery. So when you take that same concept and you apply it to business license fees, you apply it to other utilities like water and you know other things like that. When you apply it to even, um, I just had it in my head and I forgot. Okay, even when you apply that to bringing in goods and services or products, like come on, man. That's why I say if when the port was operating at peak proficiency, yes. From my perspective, Freeport was a lovely place to live and raise children. The quality of life was better than in New Providence. But the leadership style has changed. And now the only difference between uh, Freeport and Nassau is geographical location. Because in times gone, in times gone by, you did not hear people in Grand Bahama complaining about things that Nasuvians complain about. Yeah, especially with the power situation. Like, yeah. you know, we, we, we've been having a power crisis for many years. Like, yeah. And I, with, with BPL, they keep kicking the can down the road. Now, I mm-hmm. <laughs> people think that you know, when they got those new generators installed, that that was the end of the issue. No, it's not. I, I hate to have to say it like this, but if you all think it's bad now, wait till after the election. Because a lot of those uh, generators out there, the BBL, yeah, some of them on their last leg. So, so anytime, any moment now, you know. <laughs> that's why I say again I always say yo you know you might as well start transitioning to solar yeah there is no reason why in this country we are still using oil to power this country where there is enough sun and hydropower to not only fuel this country but have it in abundance but again mm-hmm. as you mentioned earlier there are people within Bahamian society who are investors in Stad oil, investors in Sun oil, investors in Rubus, investors in uh, Esso and all of them. They want to make their money. So, of course, they're going to make access to solar and hydropower more difficult. How many cars are in New Providence right now? There's more cars than people. Yeah. So everybody that's sitting in traffic complaining about the traffic with their AC on, all you're doing is making those different investors more money. You're not not taking the time to say, well, hey, let me use public transportation. No, because 
you you need to be in your car and you need to and when you're ready to go, you're ready to go. But then don't complain when you're sitting in the fucking traffic. Like you can't have it both ways. I'm sorry. You honestly can't. So and it's like you know. Go ahead. That's why I just be like, from I tired of I tired of complaining about things. Yeah. Right? About the action. Like it's too much. Oh, we ain't had this, and we ain't got that. Mm-hmm. All right, what we about to do? With? What's the solution? I ain't gonna talk about the problems. Exactly. What's the solution? Mm. All right. Boom. We need to do this. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Like. Because I always felt like all behemoths do is slap up and talk all day and no one ain't doing it. Well, it, it, like is, it, 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 there, there's a lot of that, but I think a neglected part of Bahamian society too is the frustrated people. Let me give you an example. Let's go back to lockdowns. Menace hopped up and said, effective immediately, take your ass in the house. Now, listen. Yeah. If you are upset at the people out Warwick or the people out Bahama or people out Fish Fry or wherever they had that block party, I believe it was Camp Road. If you were if you were upset at them for defying protocol, then you need to go after the people and punish the people who are defying protocol. But when you get all in your feelings and you decide you're gonna punish everybody. And whoever don't like it, fuck them. Now you have a problem. Because there were, just like in Grand Bahama, in New Providence, there were people who were taking the pandemic seriously and following protocols and doing what the government asked of them. But you still turn around and say, fuck them, I can make the innocent suffer for the guilty. That's where the problem came in. So, if you take that same concept, there are Bahamians who want... To do the right thing. There are Bahamians that want to live the right way. There are Bahamians that want to comply and unify because it's the right thing to do. And they see the direction the country is heading. So they that's the contribution that they want to make to society. There are Bahamians that want to do that. But, but because you have the dumbass masses making it difficult and causing them to suffer. They throw their hands up and they don't want to be bothered anymore. And to be perfectly honest, I don't blame them for feeling that way. Because sometimes I feel that way. But, you know, what we cannot allow is for those kinds of thoughts and feelings to prevail. We have to find one another. We have to find ways to, to, to unify, like I said before, to find persons of like mind and um, move forward and build a, build a better society. We have to do we that. We got to create a society. I, I don't know. Um, you know. It's crazy we've been on this call. This episode been like two hours. But, <laughs> As a matter of fact, uh, yeah, we're going we to have to cut this or bring this to a close pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. But before we end, I just want to say this last thing. Go ahead. Like, you know, what really inspired me was this Jay-Z song he brought up on 444 mm-hmm. called Legacy. Okay. And it's a lot of lyrics on this song, 
that, you know, um, stood out to me. But one thing, well, I don't know if you ever heard of it before. I believe I have. Have you ever heard the song before? I, I believe I have. I just can't okay. remember it. Well, I can give you like the first verse, right? Okay. The song starts out with, Daddy, what's a will? Mm-hmm. You know, because when I first heard the song, I was I started my financial literacy journey. Okay. So like when I heard this song, it was like, "Daddy, what's a will?" And so like he like his daughter asked him, "What like you know what's a will?" Mm-hmm. And he starts going on, you know, take those monies and spread across families. My my sisters Hattie and Lulu and Lou, the nephews, cousins, and TT, mm-hmm. Eric, the rest to be forever. She wants to do. She might start an institute. She might put poor kids in, through school. Mm-hmm. My stake in Rock Nation should go to you. Leave a piece for your siblings to give to their children too. Titled the Champagne, do say I like to see a nice piece, fun ideas for people who look like we. Mm. We going, we going to start a society within society. That's major, just like the Negro League. There was a time America wouldn't want to let us ball, but those times are now back, just now called Afrotech. Generational wealth is the key. My parents didn't have shit, but so that ship started with me. My money, my mom took her money and she bought me bonds. That was the sweetest thing of all time. So, breaking those down, that that whole stanza and like looking at line for line, like, you know, let's build a society within society. We have to build generational wealth. We have That's to. the only way that we're going to move forward. Mm-hmm. That's the only way we're going to um, actually progress. That's the only way, you know, if me, if I connect with you and you connect with your friends, with two different people and I do the same thing, that's how we're going to make it. It's no longer like, yeah. Legislation is lobbied by independent, like, you know, independent parties. Yes. We don't necessarily have to be the frontal faces, but we could be behind the scene doing the damage. And like, you know, I agree with you. We have to get like-minded people on board and be on code, which is most important. Yes. And once you be on code, you move in unison. Yeah, you might have different agendas, but the code is what brings you together to say, hey, when when one call for a move to be as such, if it makes sense and it's imperative for our group survival, mm-hmm. let's move in unison. Yes. And you know. And obviously I digress from there. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? As you mentioned, this is already that this has been a most eventful uh, conversation, but LJ. I believe we're going to have to further this with a part two. <laughs> yeah, we do, because there's certain things I want to get into, but I was like, like I keep on saying, we could we could have a six-hour conversation, me breaking down things. I need, like, touch the surface with some things. Exactly. But you know. But you know what? Yeah. What we're going to do um, afterwards, we're going to set it up. Uh, and we're going to make it happen so that we could bring the information to the people. Hopefully, uh, well, not hopefully, um, Leonard and, and Dwane will also be available with us. We need to include other persons in this conversation as well so that we can continue. Yeah, my, go, go ahead. 
No, I said like my guy, um, Super Marco from my show. Mm-hmm. He would have loved to come on it because, like, you know, me and him always talk about these different things mm-hmm. from different perspectives. So, you know, like I said, I have like-minded people and people that be around me. I intentionally have to mm-hmm. wear okay. You ain't moving like how I'm moving. You can be around. Pretty much. And all my guys will tell you. Pretty much. <laughs> so, you Pretty know. much. Well, what we're going to do then is we're going to bring this particular episode to a close. What I want to do is I want to thank you, Brother LJ, for coming on Codename Agents of Chaos. Uh, before we head out, where can the people find you, sir? You can find me at Lord Jalen Willard on Instagram, Lord Jalen Willard, Facebook, Lord Jalen, well, Viva La J Will on Twitter. You can follow the Original People Network on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can follow the Jungle Trademark, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can follow Chosen Few Production, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And, you know, come check us out. So all of that information is going to be in the show notes. So feel free to go ahead and check out LJ and all of his platforms. Again, I want to thank him. And thank you, sir, for coming on Codename Agents of Chaos. I want to thank Genius Radio, Chemist Digital, Chemist.net, and BroughtUpC.com, BroughtUpC242 for their support of Codename Agents of Chaos. Continue to listen out for our sponsors and our episodes for our giveaways. And we want to take this time now to also thank Brother Santerio Johnson for his continued support of Codename Agents of Chaos. Shout out to Brother Rudolph McKinney Jr. and the Christ Senate Podcast. Let me link up, sir. Let me know still. <laughs> so, thank you again, Brother LJ. Shout out to the Original People's Network. This has been Codename Agents of Chaos. And we are out. <laughs>